Open your Bibles to Psalm 112, please. Psalm 112. Um, what, what we fear usually rules us, doesn't it? Uh, what we fear determines the path that we take through life, where we go, but also where we don't go. Uh, what we do, and also what we don't do. Um, I was a pretty scared kid at bedtime, and I actually had a lot of reasons to be scared at bedtime. Uh, there were the pirates that were in my closet where I didn't dare open the closet door at night or they would have grabbed me and kidnapped me and take me on their ship. Uh, there were the monsters that lived underneath my bed, which um, I actually uh, put chairs. I had my bed and then I put several chairs on the way to the bathroom. And so I'd stand on my bed, jump on one chair, jump on another chair, and jump in the bathroom so the monsters wouldn't get me because everybody knows monsters don't like tile. And then worst of all, by far, was the orangutan. That orangutan that was going to climb up the downspout and get on my balcony and come in my room and grab me. And you're laughing, but I know it can happen because I saw a picture of it in Edgar Allan Poe's Murder on the Rue Morgue. It actually happened. See, what, what we fear usually rules us, doesn't it? What we fear determines our path through life what we do, what we don't do, where we go, where we don't go. And brothers and sisters, that is why it is so important that we fear the Lord. It's that fear that sets us on a path of delighted obedience. It's that fear that sets us on a, a path of grace-empowered imitation it's that fear that sets us on a path of generous blessedness, even when we face obstacles in our way. So let's actually start with Psalm 111, verse 10, because these two psalms are a pair, and hear God's holy word. Psalm 111, verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, all who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Now Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously in lens, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. 
he will not be afraid until he looks on triumph on his adversaries. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desires of the wicked will perish. Well, Father, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the encouragement of this psalm in particular. And I pray today as I'm here with these God-fearing people that even more we would understand that fear, we would delight in that fear, we would delight in the, the blessings that come uh, with that fear, and, and that you would bless these precious people, your sons and daughters, who fear you and delight in you. Uh, I need grace today to speak your word. We all need grace to hear your word, so please grant us that grace, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Psalm 111 and Psalm 12 are, are a pair. Uh, Psalm 111 speaks of the work and the character of God himself. And then Psalm 112 speaks of the works and the character of the person who fears the Lord. And these two are always closely parallel um, because each works in us to renew us, as Paul says in Ephesians, after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Uh, in other words, as he works to empower us to obey him and he, as he works to empower us to uh, imitate him. So the first thing this psalm does is, is enumerate all of these blessings that come as a result of the fear of the Lord. So in 111.10, uh, we see that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, now, biblically, we need to understand that uh, wisdom is a moral quality, not an intellectual quality. It's not the smartest people who have wisdom. It's the, the most moral people who have uh, wisdom. And so the fear of the Lord is something that sets us on a moral path uh, through life. And it's, it's a blessed path. So as the psalmist transitions to verse 1 and 112, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Blessed simply meaning the, the inner joy that comes with knowing that, that, that someone is right with God, that we're in a right place with God. Now, um, we need to start by kind of asking, uh, what does it mean to fear the Lord? I think in many ways it's a, it's a much misunderstood uh, idea. I actually have a whole message on this, but I, I think if I would summarize what it means to fear the Lord, in essence, we fear the Lord when we relate to him for who he is and what he does in relation to who we are. If, if you rightly relate to the Lord for who he is and what he does in relation to what we are, you're going to be positioned to, to fear the Lord. In other words, the more you understand his glory, the more you understand his worth, the more you understand his perfections, especially in contrast to our sinfulness and our neediness, the more we will rightly fear him. And it's when we're in that right relationship, uh, the more we're those kind of people, uh, the psalmist, when they talk about fear of the Lord, always say, praise the Lord because of that fear of him. 
and the more we are there, the more we would be the kind of people who, in Psalm 111, verse 2, says, Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. And then in 112.1, those who greatly delight in his commandments. And so when we take these two delights together, they mean that, that God's words and God's uh, works are the delight of the person who fears the Lord. That obeying and imitating him when we fear the Lord, it isn't reluctant, it isn't grudging. It's something that is ever increasingly delightful to us when we're postured to fear him. Uh, I don't think uh, I could say it better than Charles Spurgeon did. He said, uh, for the one who fears the Lord, holiness is his happiness. Devotion is his delight and truth is his treasure. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Now, before we start enumerating these blessings, there's, there's a couple things we need to understand when we study a psalm like this. This is what is known as a wisdom psalm. Uh, and wisdom psalms are a lot like Proverbs. And uh, we need to understand that Proverbs, like these, they're not ironclad promises that if you do this, this certainly will happen. But they are reflections of the way life generally works for God's people. Uh, the second thing is that in the Old Testament, God's favor was largely temporal. That, that God's favor was reflected in temporal or, or in this life kind of, kind of promises. But when the gospel brought life and immortality to light to us, that changed the way we understand these promises of blessings. They reorient us to things that are more spiritual. They reorient us towards things uh, that are more eternal. And we need to understand these blessings in those contexts. So blessings enumerated, verse 2. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. With upright just be, being a synonym for uh, the fear of the Lord. Uh, and who delight in his commandments. Um, it is so wonderful to see these families out here and, and you with your children in times of preaching. Being a God-fearing parent is one of the greatest blessings you could ever give your children or ever give your grandchildren. Far above all material wealth that you might be able to pass on to them or blessings that you might give them, your example and your teaching are of greater value than any material blessing that you could ever pass on to your children. And while, like I said, these aren't ironclad promises that your children will be saved, it is a, it is a strong encouragement to us about our children and our grandchildren that, that God honors the imperfect but sincere character in parents, and all of us are imperfect, right? But all of us are sincere. We're trying hard. We're, we're doing the best we can. We're calling out for God's grace. But God honors that imperfect yet sincere character in the lives of your children. Sometimes it happens soon. Sometimes it, it, it happens later. But I believe there's a likelihood that the children of godly parents 
um, will imitate their parents in fearing and obeying and in imitating the Lord. And if your children are in that later category, never give up praying for them. I know you're not going to give up praying. I have a long list of children in Crossway and friends that I uh, pray for, and I, I, I really believe God is going to answer uh, those prayers. And then it says that the effect of these God-fearing parents and God-fearing children, that they will be mighty in the land. Now, I don't think that's going to be the case for us, but I do know this. The effect is going to be they're going to be mighty in the church of Jesus Christ. When, when parents and children fear the Lord, they will be mighty in the church. Churches will be blessed and churches will be strengthened as parents and children uh, together worship and, and, and they serve uh, in God's churches uh, together. Uh, the next blessing enumerated in verse 3 is wealth and riches. Now, uh, this isn't a promise that every Christian is going to be a Jeff Bezos or a Bill Gates or a Warren Buffett or any of the multiple Walmart Waltons. Uh, but it is a promise of God's provision for his, for his people's needs. Uh, that has he promised in, in Philippians. He will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Uh, both the Old Testament and the New Testament actually warn us uh, about the dangers of wealth and riches and the blessings of wealth and riches. Uh, well, wealth can have a way of straying us off the path of holiness, can it? Wealth can have us uh, a, a way of having us fear losing our wealth and keeping our wealth more than fearing the Lord. It can have a way of having a trust in our wealth more than trusting in the Lord. So while these are certainly blessings, there, there's also warnings here. It's what Paul talks about in the uh, famous and oft misquoted uh, passage from 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves from many pangs. And then in this same verse, verse 3, his righteousness endures forever. Uh, when you read this psalm, there's a couple places where the first line of the verse seems inconsistent with the second line of the verse. Wealth and riches, righteousness endures. Are, are these unconnected? Um, because uh, the blessings of righteousness certainly weren't temporal, and they certainly weren't temporarily. But there is for the Christian, a greater wealth and riches for righteousness. Peter tells us in uh, 1 Peter 1, 4, that we have an inheritance that is imperishable and undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. It's while Jesus told us on the Sermon of the Mount, lay up treasures in heaven where nothing can touch it, nothing can destroy it. Uh, it can't be stolen. It can't be sullied in any way. And then verse 4, light dawns in the darkness for the upright. Uh, this is a promise of guidance for God's people, that through God's word and through God's spirit, in all of the confusion of life and the perplexities and 
I don't know what to think, and I don't know what to do. And my, don't we live in a, in a day like this? Uh, in all of those perplexities and confusions and not knowing what to do in life, God, God shows his people the way. God promises to shine light in the midst of our darkness. And then the couplet, he is gracious, merciful, and righteous. And again, that can seem unconnected. Okay, light, and then this is, this is what we're like. But uh, even though, here's, here's the point, even though we don't always know what to think and what to do in every situation, we do know what character we can display in every situation, that we can imitate God through acting in every situation with grace and with mercy and with righteousness. And then verse 5, it is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. Um, and the psalmist is speaking here about the way we conduct our worldly affairs. Uh, the way we conduct our worldly affairs matters to God. And when we fear the Lord, it's important to us to conduct those affairs with integrity. Uh, conduct those affairs in a way that reflects uh, on on the, the, the name Christian and reflects on the glory of God that walks in integrity as they model God in their relationship with others. Uh, the person who fears the Lord, verses 6 through 8, we read, they will never be moved. Some translations use shaken. They will not be afraid of bad news. Their heart is firm. Their heart is steady. He will not be afraid. Oh, I am so glad that the Psalms are so full of these kind of assurances, aren't you? That God is his people's rock and fortress and stronghold and shield. That his people are protected always under the shelter of his wings. That because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And so he looks in triumph over his adversaries. And our adversaries can be people, they could be things. But the promise here is whatever opposes God's people, ultimately it will not secede in their schemes. It might for a while, things might look black for a while, but ultimately whatever opposes God's people will not succeed in their schemes. And then verse 6, he will be remembered forever. The scripture has a lot to say about a good name and a good reputation. So if you want to be remembered for something, I, I always think it's a little bit humorous when people talk about athletes, particularly in politics, what my legacy is going to be, what my legacy is. Uh, I, I can honestly say I've never thought about what my legacy is going to be. But if, if you want to be remembered for something, if I want to be remembered for something forever, strive to have it be being remembered for your godly character. Strive to have it being remembered that you were gracious and merciful, that you were generous and just, that you were rich in faith and faithfulness, that you delighted to study God's word and obey his commandments that you were remembered as a person that feared the Lord. That's how we want to be remembered forever. 
So these blessings are all enumerated, and they're wonderful blessings. Uh, But then um, in several places, the psalmist talks about blessings extended, uh, starting all the way back with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, when uh, God makes this covenant with Abraham. He says, I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. So God's blessings are always connected with a motivation so that you will be a blessing. Um, we, find, we find purpose in God's blessings of us, these blessings that, that we found here. While they certainly are to bless the recipient, and we don't want to miss that, uh, the purpose is also that we would use those things that God blesses us with, the blessings of the man and the woman who fears the Lord, to be a blessing to others that that's one of the results of fearing the Lord. The one who fears the Lord is never a hoarder of blessings. Let me just get all the blessings I can. Let me just keep all the blessings I can. The one who fears the Lord is always a sharer of blessings. And so we've already seen he blesses others by being gracious and merciful and righteous. He blesses others by dealing generously and lending. He blesses others by conducting his affairs with justice. But also then we see in verse 9, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor. Um, It's hard to miss that throughout Scripture, God, God takes special notice and special care of the poor. At Crossway, we recently finished a a series on the book of James, uh, and we saw this over and over again in the book of James, God's care for those uh, who are poor. So I noted earlier how the person who fears the Lord um, imitates the Lord, and I think that this is no exception for us, that God's special concern for the needy becomes our special concern as well. And and. That, you know, that can be expressed in a variety of different ways. Uh, I'm not giving you a list. Um, but, but the principle, the, the idea here is God's heart for those who are poor and those, those who are needy. For those who fear the Lord, that, that becomes our heart. And then thirdly, blessings experienced and extended, but then also troubles experienced. Uh, we can't miss this. In the psalm, uh, the blessed life isn't a trouble-free life. The life that fears the Lord isn't a trouble-free life. Sometimes we experience, verse 4, darkness. In fact, we use the experience, don't we? Dark days. There's there's dark days. And and our days, honestly, can be dark in a couple ways, can't they? Uh, They can be dark because of the actual circumstances we're facing or experience, like some of the sicknesses that we we prayed for for uh, y'all. But also it can be dark in our inner responses to those circumstances, the the darkness of perplexity, like what's going on and and why is this happening to me? And then the darkness of of doubt and, and the darkness of discouragement and even the darkness of depression uh, that, can, that can come. Uh, sometimes, verse 7, we get bad news. Uh, we're not exempt from sorrows as, 
as God's people, sometimes bad news comes. Sometimes we face adversaries. It can be people. It, it, it can be things. It can be the devil himself. But, but here's the good news. If you fear the Lord, you need not fear anything else. If you fear the Lord, if you live trusting in the Lord, you, you won't fear bad news, even though it might come, uh, because you'll never be moved. And even though everything around you is shaking and your whole world is shaken, the promise is your heart will be firm when you fear and trust in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we are blessed in a way that no trouble, no darkness, no bad news, no adversary can ever touch. James Johnson summarized this so well in his commentary on this psalm. If you fear God, you will fear nothing else. If you do not fear God, you will fear everything else. But brothers and sisters, let us be people that fear God. Now, last of all, in typical proverb fashion or typical wisdom literature fashion, uh, did you notice that the psalm ends with a contrast? Uh, we're going along talking about fearing in the Lord and delighting in the Lord and trusting in the Lord and never being moved and all these blessings that are enumerated and the ways we get to bless other people. And then we get to verse 10 and it's like, ah, the brakes are put on. And we read about this wicked man who hates all of this. Uh, that the wicked man hates all of this and, and rather than the results of their life being his righteousness enduring forever or never being moved or remembering forever, it says he melts away, he, he perishes, he, he, he comes to, to, to nothing. And church, I, I can never read these contrasts without thinking, wait a minute, at one time that was me. I was verse 10. At one time that was you. Y you, were, you were the contrast. How did I get from this to, to that? We know the answer. The answer is, is simple. It, 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 we got there through the gospel. We got there through the sacrificial death and the life-giving resurrection of Jesus. Through the gospel, this godly fear was implanted in our hearts. And, and we were given the privilege of, of cultivating it throughout the years. Um, I love what Christopher Ashe said here wisely. He said, there's only one man who qualifies for the blessings of this psalm. That's so true. There's only one man who qualifies for the blessings of this psalm. And we, we know who that man is. It's, it's the Lord Jesus. And so through the gospel, Jesus' blessedness becomes our blessedness. Jesus' righteousness becomes our righteousness. And the best news of all is it is a righteousness that endures forever. Father, I thank you for making us, transforming us from that wicked man to these blessed men and women. You are so kind to save us through the gospel. And now I pray, Father, that as uh, we contemplate this psalm perhaps throughout the week or later on today um, that 
you would help us to truly delight in what it means to fear you. And as we fear you, we would both experience and extend your blessings to those around us, all for your glory. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.